Welcome to Let's Get Unraveled, a place where artists from all walks of life come to share their unabridged stories and speak openly and candidly about their creative journeys. We're so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Co Hodges, co-founder and lead instructor at the Unraveled Academy. And today, my lovely guest is Daytona Lamadi. She is an Unraveled member and now instructor as she is creating a course for our community called the New Boudoir School. She has a breath of fresh air in the intimate imagery category, and I'm super stoked to pick her brain today. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, this is going to be rad. So first, can you please tell our audience where you are located in the world and what work you primarily do? So I am located in Norfolk, Virginia. It is a very small city, like in the southeast corner of Virginia. I love it. Um, I lived in Portland, Oregon for a year and, you know, it uh, Norfolk just pulled me right back. It has a magnetism to it. Um, so I am a boudoir photographer. I do women's portraiture. Um you know, just like that more intimate imagery. Um, But I think kind of redefining boudoir in that it's not exclusively catered to like the male gaze. It's not exclusively catered to a partner. Um, So yeah, that's, those are the basics. Oh man. I'm so excited to just dig into that specifically gaze and the outward perception. And we're going to talk about all this stuff um, because I feel like it's super important. Um, so obviously we're here to talk about that, about boudoir, intimate imagery, the power and the necessity. So can you tell us what intimate imagery really means to you and how you came to specialize in it? Um, okay, so I'm going to reverse those questions. So basically I um, came to specialize in it because I was like a product of the photography boom. Like I was in the Canon Rebel generation. So when Mm -hmm. Canon Rebels became super accessible, like I bought myself one, I think I was like a, you know, sophomore in high school um, and just started shooting. And so I, you know, ran the whole gamut, like family photography in the park and like uh, weddings and whatever. But what I really, um, found the most fulfillment in was shooting my friend's senior portraits and um, just the reaction of like, I've never seen myself in such a beautiful way. Like I've never been so comfortable in front of a camera and I've never felt so um, just pretty, you know, like that feeling of, you know, like I'm actually a really pretty person and these photos are tangible proof of it. So that was just like immediately where my heart was. Um, And so I, let's see, shot through high school, shot through a year of college, and then just like completely got burnt out and put it on the back burner for a while. Um, And then moved to Oregon and went through this, you know, this mixture of like a post-grad crisis. And so (laughs) what better place than Portland? (laughs) Right. I was like, I don't know what I am doing. I don't know who I am. I don't know. Like I went through like a really intense period of um, just like hurt with my body. Um, So it was like, just a lot of uncertainty. And also like I was living on the other side of the country and I didn't really know anybody. And that's like the perfect breeding ground to just say like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want to do. And so I basically was like, I don't want to work in restaurants for the rest of my life. I'm going to start shooting and I'm going to make it happen for myself because there's no one for me to care about opinion wise, you know? 
Right. No one like is watching me close enough to have an opinion on me. So like what better place to do it? Um, so I started, that was when I started shooting film. I like shed all my inhibitions there and then started shooting film. Obviously the Pacific Northwest is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and then there's a really like thriving creative community. So I was able to find like models and other photographers and just kind of like hit the ground running with portfolio building. And I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. And I love that you call it like a crisis because I, I do feel that in the deepest chunks of our journey that might seem the darkest at the time, yeah. on the other side of that comes a creative revolution, so to speak, you know, like um, like a, a redefining of who we are as humans and artists. Yeah. So I think that's really poignant and beautiful. Yeah. And how cool that you got to do that at a young age, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely... Um, I just like, I don't think I realized the intensity of it when I was in it. Um, I was just like, eh, like I'm kind of depressed because it's raining all the time. But like, I really, really struggling. And like, I have been taking photos since I was like, young, like, you know, like elementary school. And so that was really what I knew best. And I knew that that was going to be not the only part, but like a very critical part to my healing. And that you know, if I was going to come into my identity as like, you know, a mid 20 something, like I wanted photography to be part of it. And I wanted empowering women to be part of it because that was always something like I was trying to incorporate into my work. Like I would start it and then I would like burn out and like put it down for a few months, if not years. And then I would always return to like those sorts of sessions of like, I want women in front of my camera. I want to empower you. I want to be empowered by the way I'm photographing you. Um, So yeah, I knew that that was where it was. And it just took a lot of stripping down of like the more superfluous things to actually motivate myself to get there. Right. No, I think that's really, really beautiful. And I'm probably, I want to say maybe nine or 10 years older than you. So I like grew up in a different time and I want to take a little bit of like a detour here and talk about body image in general Mm -hmm. and how your take on your own, your body, your womanhood, your sexuality, all those things played into what is now your art. Because I, I do feel like generationally speaking, I can see like the disconnect. And even for me in my work, I did some intimate imagery, you know, Mm kind of scattered. I never really specialized in it, but I loved it. But I could even see a little bit of a disconnect for me in like the, the, what I was creating. It was a little bit surface level. It was a little bit kind of, I want to say boring, but a little bit boring, even though these women are beautiful. I wasn't really digging deep enough to expand upon the concept of like truly connecting to these women and who they are. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about your own issues or lack thereof body image um, and how that played into your current art? Yeah. So I think um, I was, I, I don't know how the cards fell this way, but I just was always very confident like growing up. And I, I feel like a lot of people might scoff at that, but I was really confident through high school. I was really confident through college, like just genuinely found a lot of peace um, in my body and like could see that it was working with me and for me all the time. And just realized that like when I was um, grounding into that self-love, things were just better. Um, so that really was like the inspiration. I was like, I want everyone 
want to feel like this. And that was, um, <laughs> yes. you know, I was like, I, that, that, that feels like my purpose. But so when I was in um, Oregon, I, um, you know, this is a little raw, but I had an abortion um, and I had like a IUD put in. And so I was just in like a lot of pain, like a lot of physical pain that I had never been in. I gained weight. Um, I think for a lot of reasons, one, because that's what happens, like, you know, in your 20s. And also when you get pregnant and also when you're depressed, like I gained weight, which was a hard thing for me to stomach and um, just really did not feel at home in my body. And that was a very foreign thing for me to experience at 22. Um, I, it was just very dark. And I just like, I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel like I was worthy of like taking up the space um, that I did. And so... It sucks because, or not sucks, but it's it's kind of a double-edged sword because I feel like you do have to hit that like low point because you need to be like sensitive to like what it feels like to really be insecure and to like not like the way that you look in photos and like to understand the vulnerability of it. We have to dig deep into healing from that, but also I think that it was really valuable for me to see the, um, like a full 360 view of like, what does it feel like to really love your body and to love, um, yourself, but then also to not love your body and to not love yourself and really getting that more holistic point of view. Um, yeah. Right, right, right. Well, and think first, thank you for sharing. And there's so many women who have a uh, parallel experience more, more than not. Um, and I think that in a darker place, especially in, for the female, and I, and I feel bad speaking to just the female, but this is specifically to females, yeah. for choosing your body, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and when you go through things like whether it's an abortion or a miscarriage or um, and making these choices for your body, you know, regardless of how it's making you feel in the aftermath, like making those choices is really powerful. It can be really dark. It can be really elating, empowering, all, all of the above. Yeah. But it's really difficult, and it's such a human experience. Um, it just can't be equated. It, it, so thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel that something like that connects you to the other women in your life and the other women right. that surround you and women that you don't even know in such a really powerful way. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's escalated your art to a whole new level. It has. Yeah, it definitely has. I mean, I look at like our relationship with our body, like is it literally is a relationship like it, we, you know, like how much weight would a relationship with like a significant other with like a friend hold if you guys hadn't walked through dark things together, you know, and you hadn't actually put it to the test. Um, so yeah. And then it really does connect you to a lot more people than I think you would ever expect, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And which is why I like to speak candidly about it is because it really like is not an uncommon thing to have gone through, you know, not at all, not at all. And I feel like it's been so taboo in the past to talk about regardless of if 90% of the female population has dealt with it, Mm -hmm. you know, on some level. And yeah, I think being open and honest really it really helps people. And I, and I mean that like on a, on a surface level, of course, like you're helping people by talking about your story, but also on such like a deeper, like heartfelt human level where they're like, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And that's so beautiful. Like mm-hmm. I am not alone and, and I choose my body too. And yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, awesome. 
So do you find, because obviously we're in a creative community. We're a bunch of weirdos who love art, right? And it's easy to be well-received in an artistic community when you're doing something a little bit outside of the box. Do you find that intimate imagery to be well-received outside of the artistic community? Um, This was such an interesting question when I was kind of like mulling everything over. Mm -hmm. I think it's yes and no. And I think that the answer is going to lie in like, have you healed your idea of what a woman's body exists for? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not just men. That's not just women. Um, But having to realize that like we don't exist to, um, you know, we don't exist for the pleasure of a man. We don't exist to be pretty. Um, We don't exist for anything outside of ourselves. Like our body, our body at its most like biological place is solely concerned with our own well-being, you know? Um, So yeah, I think that sometimes the message like really resonates and people can understand like why it is really important for, um, you know, us to reclaim like feminine energy from like advertising into like actual like portraiture and actual art. Um, And sometimes people just don't really understand like why nudity is important in that process, you know? Not really, you know, when you haven't considered the fact that we've been seeing like naked bodies or like almost naked bodies on the covers of magazines um, and commercials, like all over the place for years and years and years, and you've never questioned it and you're okay with it when it's um, to sell something to you. It, it, when that's what you're comfortable with, um, I do think that it is going to be a little uncomfortable when somebody is, you know, in a more intimate setting just for themselves. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I feel like I'm, you know, still daily having to like deconstruct like, okay, well, why am I okay with, you know, this sort of intimate imagery, but I'm not okay with, you know, another, like when it pushes the envelope a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. So like checking in with yourself and asking these questions and why. And a lot of it is, you know, based on social constructs that have been there, since we were little kids Mm -hmm. and to really be, uh, you know, honest with yourself enough to ask why. And, Oh, this is why. And I do think it's interesting. We can go back to like the, the concept of the male gaze and the power and the fear that, that comes from that, because I do feel like it's a fear based issue for women. You know, women walk around afraid all of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, truly that's just kind of part of our, daily dynamic, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have a daughter and she's going to be eight. And so, you know, she's starting to ask questions and it, it's really calling, calling me out on how I feel about all of this stuff. And I have to have a dialogue with her and answer these mm-hmm. questions. Right. So it's really been an interesting journey to talk about bodies and to talk about the whys and, you know, we're already inserting shame into our children's lives, even if it's subconscious, right. um, and be shame, ashamed of our bodies in one way or another and why. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like, like for your clients, and I've asked this question before because I just find it so fascinating. The answer is very, but for your clients, you know, if they're doing a session just for themselves on a grander scale, how do you find their partners, male partners specifically to receive this type of imagery? Um, Typically, I think that if you are booking a session and it's for yourself, you're probably with a partner who's going to be in line with it. 
Mm. You know, um, like I know for me, I don't think I could ever attach myself to somebody that wouldn't support me and how I want to express myself and how I want to show my body. Um, so, I mean, I think that, you know, that's a general rule of thumb, but then there's always, not always, there's usually a line of like, oh, like that's cool, you know, do you, but like, I don't want anything with your nipples posted anywhere. Right. You know, that's for me, um, right. which is really Again, like we we need to kind of um, or not we like men need to work on reprogramming. <laughs> like it, it's not my job; it really isn't, and um, it's not their girlfriend's job either. But I do think that there is a responsibility to reprogram. Like, okay, but why am I uncomfortable with this? You know, if this is what is making my partner feel most like herself and feel most empowered and feel um, just beautiful, like why am I uncomfortable with that being shared? You know. If, if a client asks me not to, absolutely, I'm going to respect those boundaries. But when it is partner imposed, um, I don't really, I don't really get it, you know, Right. because that's right. what, what's making her happy, you know? Right. Well, I think it, and it goes back to, and I don't have the answer here. I, I'm just so fascinated by it because I've been in a marriage where like that would have never have been okay, yeah. you know, and I would absolutely have fall fall in line to that respect. And I'd say like respect in quotes, you can't see me, but to respect this issue. Right. So, um, you know, and I've posted some stuff before that really sparked some debate (laughs) and (laughs) let's just put it like real mildly there. Um, but it sparks some debate and then, and I have to ask myself why, and I do, and I do have this underlying layer of guilt and I do feel like it's generational. I'm reading this book right now um, by Esther Perel called Mating in Captivity, and it's mm-hmm. fascinating. But one of the case studies she talks about is this couple who are in their early 50s and how the woman really has uh, like a shame cover of sex because in her, in her past and a social construct has been sex is for the man. Right. It's kind of um, uh, like a a goods and back and forth. Like, this is what I have to offer you because I'm a woman and I know this is what you need in life. So here I am. And it slowly diminished their sex life. And at the very end, Esther talked about how she needed to redefine her own sexuality as a woman just for her. And it's just very fascinating. Right. But I do think a lot of this is generational. And I do think that the, the younger generations now have this blessing, I guess Mm -hmm. we could say, that we are redefining what this means, especially for women on just women for themselves and not in a partnership. Um, But I think we're also, because I have a son too, we also have this really great, you know, new world where men are going to think differently about women's bodies. Yeah. Not necessarily biologically differently, but again, like breaking down the social constructs of why we feel this way and what's okay and what's not. Right. Right. And it's really been interesting to kind of grow up on both sides of that, um, like shift, you know, Mm -hmm. I know even when I was probably like in late high school, early college, like, uh, it, it was just too taboo. Like even when I would do those um, like small sessions here and there, like there was never any like actual nudity. It was just like, oh, like, you know, you're cute in your underwear. Like that was pushing it a little much because, you know, like I just was not confident enough to um, be that edgy, I guess would be the word versus now. Like I do think that, you know, even within the last 
18 months, there's been like a huge reclamation and just calling it for what it is. Um, just that we're so comfortable, like treating a woman's body as a commodity, like what you said, like an exchange of good goods and services, um, rather than like something sacred, you know? something sacred that is hers mm-hmm. and that belongs to her. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot wrapped up in that, in the yeah. ownership of a female form Yeah, and women fall into that too. And I absolutely have, um, in that I belong, this isn't necessarily mine to show or not, right. you know, this is somebody else's, right. which is a very fascinating concept. And again, I, I don't like have the answers, but mm-hmm. I'm really fascinated by it. I know. I um, yeah, it's just it's interesting. And it's interesting to hear other women's take on it too. And the women who are like kind of like pushing pushing the boundaries and um extending the norms. I'm yeah. just like hats off to them because I don't know that I've ever been that brave. Yeah. You know? And in my own in my own head I'm like, "Oh, that was really brave. I can't believe I posted that," you know, but right. really really mild in comparison, you know. Yeah. Um do you feel and like I really think this is more female specific but do you feel that people's or women's issues, because there are women that have issues with boudoir, yeah. do you think it stems from their own personal insecurities? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Which, um, you know, like I'm never going to be like angry with somebody, but like there are, you know, I've had instances where clients like some random girl will like try and blackmail them with their photos. And I'm just like, it sucks. And I'm really angry on my client's behalf. But I'm also really sad for that other girl because that's a miserable way to live. Um, and I, I, I really would not wish that on anybody. And I genuinely, it's like I I went to like talk with her and be like, hey, like, are, are you good? Like, what what's going on? Because, um, you know, with anything, with any judgment we pass on anybody, like that's all going to stem from insecurity. But I do think that it is especially uncomfortable um, for us as women to see other women really stepping into their power when we still feel powerless, when we still don't feel that autonomy and that um, ownership over our body. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, (laughs) that can be difficult. That can be a difficult thing to recognize um, and I, and I've seen it and I've seen it, you know, as a projection of one's own hurt and pain, mm-hmm. uh, trying to bring down another woman who, like you said, has stepped into her power. Yeah. Um, and that is a very sad day because, you know, there, there is zero reason to do that. Um, and I think that these, like the, the scroll stopping meanness, they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't comment on that. Like that's, this is too much. I'm going to make mm-hmm. sure that she knows that I think this is too much. And someone you've never met before. Right? right. And I've seen it a bunch of times and I find it fascinating to like, why even take the time to do that, to say these hurtful things. And I do think like nine times out of 10, it is, is based on someone's own hurt and pain from the past. Yeah, definitely. I always like, that was a very um, important realization for me to get to is that like, Anybody who has something negative to say about what you're doing, your life, whatever, like is not doing better than you, you know, which isn't like a a pride thing. Like, oh, like I'm stunting on you or whatever, but it's like legitimately people who are doing better than you aren't going to take time out of their day and they're not going to let their energy drop to 
say something negative. They just really aren't. So yeah, I definitely think that it stems from insecurity. And I think that it sucks because it sometimes, you know, like people will post this photo and it's a monumental thing. And it sucks that like that one negative comment will knock them down a peg and it's hard for them to like walk through it and not let it ruin the entire experience. Um, you know, but I think we can all, like I said, find healing and whatnot. Hopefully. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, even for those people who (laughs) find it necessary to make a nasty comment on someone's art, Mm -hmm. uh, regardless of if they think that it's taboo or not, and it's Mm -hmm. really not for them to say, but I think it's, um, it almost opens them up to the idea that this is something that's happening regardless of how you feel about it. So if you've ever had um, a picture kind of torn apart, Mm -hmm. don't feel bad. Um, You're doing a good thing at the very least by showing them that this kind of thing exists in the world Mm -hmm. and calling into question their own personal bias um, one step at a time, you know? Mm -hmm. And two, I say this all the time, but you don't have to leave that shit on your feed just delete it, right. block them if you have to. Right. It's your house. People talk all the time like, well, you know, they're, this person's saying something mean to me. I'm like, it's your house. You can kick them out. No, no issue. Yeah. <laughs> and on the other side of that, you know, if somebody, and this is just, you know, on the off chance that there's somebody li- listening that maybe like doesn't feel comfortable with it. If you're not ready to confront it, you know, something like very bold, like that, you don't have to follow this person. I understand that sometimes it's a little much and it can make you really uncomfortable, but you can take smaller steps to get to that point. You know, I understand that sometimes it is legitimately like triggering and that can send us into a place of anger. So it goes both ways of just, you know, Mm -hmm. your social media feed should serve you, honestly. So absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Okay, let's talk a little bit to the beginner, not necessarily the beginner photographer, but the beginner who wants to get into intimate imagery, doesn't really know where to start. Um, Where do you think they should start? (laughs) Um, Okay, I was really excited to talk about this. So a lot of people, I think we gravitate towards building our portfolios with our friends, which is really lovely and really magical. Um, I think that if you're starting to build your portfolio with... um, you know, boudoir with uh, more intimate stuff, nude stuff, whatever. I think that there's a lot of value in photographing somebody that you don't know um, because you will learn to build a place of trust and you will learn to build a place of confidence from the ground up um, versus, you know, when you photograph a friend, they already trust you. They already know you. They might feel a little bit nervous, but I think that that is the number one thing Um, to creating like really beautiful images is making sure that the person in front of your camera feels very comfortable. And the best way to do that is to photograph somebody that you don't know and that you're going to have to just build it immediately. As soon as you guys, you know, shake hands or hug or whatever, start building that trust. Um, And the best way to do that is to plan ahead to create a mood board, vision board, whatever, and to have a list of shots that you want to get that are going to serve your portfolio in the long term. That's what I did. Perfect. Yeah. So tell tell them a little bit how you like set the mood during your session. And are you mm-hmm. are you mostly in their homes? Are you in a studio? Where are you shooting? No, primarily? I'm shooting um, in usually my house, honestly. Um, 
But yeah, usually in my house, I'll set it up and just kind of make it different for every session. Sometimes outdoors when it's not stupid hot or like winter <laughs> right. time. It is so hot here right now and it's disgusting. Oh, um, I believe you. I believe you. I'm in Phoenix and it's the oh, same God. and it's like, blech, it's the it's worst. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so whiny. Uh, so you do it in your house. Yeah. Um, and house. how do you kind of set the mood there? Um, it honestly starts from the first time that they make contact with me, which is, you know, usually through like DM or email, but um, I try and set up a phone consultation with them and just walk them through exactly what to expect. Um, I, you know, we start empowering them to even just book a session. That's a very empowered move. So saying like, you know, I understand that you might be nervous. Um, a lot of people who come in and shoot with me are extremely nervous. And I'm a wizard at making people comfortable and making people look really good in front of the camera. Here's how I do that. I pose you very specifically. I give you feedback throughout the entire shoot. You're never going to have to make up poses um, because I know exactly like the perfect poses to put you in. Um any you know degree of nudity is going to be completely up to you. It's going to be completely um, what you're comfortable with, and you can change your mind on that anytime. So you can say, "Hey, I want to do all naked pictures, and that's that." And then you show up to your session, and you want to shoot in a t-shirt and jeans. We're shooting in a t-shirt and jeans. You have the autonomy to make that decision. Um, so yeah, really just starting there, and then delivering on all of that during the shoot. You know. Yeah, making this. Oh, yeah, you just made me feel comfortable <laughs> just hearing you say that. It's good. No, this is awesome. I love it because I have been shooting human beings mm-hmm. for like six, seven years now, mm-hmm. and I really did struggle. I struggled with senior photos. I think it's so interesting that you latched on to seniors early on because the one-on-one interaction always like tripped me up. I'm really good with multiples, yeah, because they interact together. Yeah, when I'm really engaging with just one person at a time. I found it to be more difficult. I'm sure I'd be like, oh, what do I do now? You know? Right. And I feel like that's a pretty common issue right. um, for people who are like, I don't really know what to do with one person. And then take it further and like intimate, <laughs> make it in front of you. And girl, I'm yeah. a nurse. Like I've seen a lot of naked bodies and like I'm good when it's an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's like, oh, I'm going to capture you naked, let's do that. Right. And I find myself getting flustered and not really knowing where to go next. So will you speak to that and really how you kind of transition your posing? How are you talking to them the whole time? Are you letting them take the lead in any way? Are you playing music? What are you doing there? Yeah, definitely always playing music. I have like candles lit. Like that's part of um, like my pre-session survey is like, you know, what music do you like to listen to? How do you relax? Stuff like that. Um, And so I just try to incorporate those personal touches. And then I'm just really real with them. And I, you know, they show up and I'm like, Hey, um, you know, super excited. How are you feeling? Little nervous. Okay. So here's how this is going to go. And I reiterate everything. Um, I say, I'm going to pose you completely. Um, if you're confused about anything that I'm saying, please let me know. If I make a lot of adjustments, that's not because you're doing a bad job. It's because I'm a control freak and I see everything, um, <laughs> yeah. with the camera and it's film. So it's like, I can't be reshooting. And, um, yeah, if there's a pose that I put you in that you're not comfortable with, let me know. We're just going to move right past it. You know, I give them a big debriefing. And then um, as for like actually posing, I have like some favorites that I'll cycle through. Um, and then I like to kind of, you know, get some variation of every session. 
But a lot of it, this sounds so woo, a lot of it really is just based on like the energy that somebody brings to a room. And I can read that pretty quickly. And that is like the most inspiring thing to me. Um, It's just like, you know, the energetic space that this woman takes up, what does that look like? And I've always said people pose themselves in the most beautiful way. So like, you know, she might like tuck her hair behind her ear and it's just like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And so it's like, we'll lean into that moment and like capture that. So that's kind of like all good. That's that's amazing. And I think that that is really, really powerful for for any session, but specifically with intimate imagery is that every session is going to be different and it's energetically charged. And so you can have your list of all the things you want to do, but if you're not tuning into that, it really doesn't matter and it's going to fall flat. Right. So letting them be who they are. I yeah. think that's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's cool. So good. Really Hell yeah, it's cool. <laughs> okay, tell me about the pitfalls that new boudoir photographers fall into. Um, I think that with any genre of photography, it's really easy to look at what everybody else is doing and kind of emanate that and not really exploring um, like why you're doing it and how to uh, make that happen visually, you know, because there are so many, you know, like posing guides for boudoir, like on interest or whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, like I'm sure your client would be really happy with the photos, but if you're going off of like a posing guide, that's probably not going to yield like a super magical experience if you're just like checking your phone um, and be like, okay, so now we're going to do, you know, (laughs) right, 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 right. Versus like really being present with them and really being excited with them. So I think um, any, you know, creative, any artist kind of has that responsibility to lay the groundwork um, and figure out what their style is going to look like. And then again, if you um, are building your portfolio, you should be getting like raving testimonials from the people that you photographed. And the way to do that is to make sure that they are very comfortable and that they are, um, you know, they feel very safe with you because that's really all somebody is going to be looking for with um, a boudoir photographer is like, are the, am I going to be safe in this very vulnerable situation? Um, so yeah, really strengthening that muscle from the get go. Um, yeah. That's amazing. So if you could give your early creative self any advice, what would it be? Um, to trust my gut and to, um, yeah, really just to trust my gut, to trust that I'm powerful and to trust that I am worth being paid. And, um, yeah, like I just, think that I blocked myself like in my early 20s a lot um, because I didn't know how to trust my intuition in like a big way. Right. Right. Which well, is, I think that's really true for a lot of people, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. And again, like in your early 20s, you got to go through some shit to learn how to trust your gut. Like, you know, you yeah. got to be able to be like, wow, I would have saved myself a lot of hurt um, had I trusted myself with this like dumb boy or whatever or whatever you know you have to look back on when you betrayed your intuition and it probably served you so yeah if I could go back to when I was first starting I think I would have I would have been really well served had I gone with my gut a lot more no I think that that's it sounds so simple but it's really so missed all the time yeah and I did it too I did it too Mm -hmm. I was I didn't trust myself I didn't feel like I had um the power, the strength, whatever 
to really know. And you do know, like really trust your intuition and yeah. whether it's in life or artistry. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to a friend yesterday actually about this, about um, like the initial reaction to a, another person and what your gut thinks about them and based off their energy and all of the things and how, you know, when we're really young, we kind of go, well, I feel some sort of way about them, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. And then lo and behold, a year later, you're breaking up with this douchey guy because mm-hmm. it, you were exactly right. You know, <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> so I think that's powerful. Yeah. When you, you're exhausted by your own bullshit of like, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of going with what is easy and what feels the most fun at the time. And you realize it doesn't really necessarily get you where you want to go. Um, right. Yeah. So that's been, I mean, that's probably just the biggest lesson I've learned in the past year. Um, but definitely if I could send that back to, you know, 19 year old Daytona, I think we would have had a better time. Ooh. Oh man, that was a while ago, but I think about 19 year old Cole, <laughs> Lord, have mercy. I mean, she was doing stuff, she right. was doing good stuff, but yeah, Ooh, we would have saved a lot of heartache. Mm-hmm. But then I think about, I wouldn't be here right now. And, uh, then right. I just go down that rabbit hole. Right. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about film. And I love that you shoot film. Your work is on another level. I'm so impressed and inspired by you. Um, Do you shoot exclusively film? Yes. So you never go digital anymore? Um, I'll do digital for like weddings. You know, when my friend is Mm -hmm. married, I'll shoot, uh, you know, weddings or like family portraits on um, digital. But when it comes to like boudoir photography, it is exclusively on film. I will never go back. That's amazing. And we get tons of requests and we have a few courses in the Academy um, that are based on film. They're wonderful. I've learned a ton because uh, I dabble a little bit. Yeah. Um, and in your upcoming course, you're going to be teaching a little bit about film. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'm so excited. Oh, yes. <laughs> so with this medium, because it's different, right? It's different and it's a little bit slower. Um, you have to be very concise or you're going to mm-hmm. blow through money. So how does that impact your artistry, especially when you're so connected already with these women, when it's intimate, and then add another layer of film on top of it? How, did, how do you think this really enhances your art? Um, I think that I am not – I'm focused on how I'm feeling and how, you know, my client is feeling. And that is what, you know, kind of gets me to click the shutter and I can't check it immediately after critique everything and then, you know, reshoot that same shot five times. Um, So it's, there's a lot more planning that has to go into every shot. Um, Like I, you know, obviously you can't rapid fire. Like I need to make sure all my settings are where they need to be. So it's like, I'm very in tuned with like the craft of it, but because I can't immediately give myself feedback on what the shot looks like. I'm also way more in tuned with the person in front of me. Um, and then it's just, it's nice to have the quantity over quality or quality over quantity, um, come into play that like, you know, if I shoot digitally, I probably shoot like three to four frames a minute versus with film, I shoot 72 frames in an hour. So it's a lot less. And I, basically just make sure every one of those shots is going to count. You know, there's no throwaway shots. Right. So 72 in an hour, that, and that's your session. That's your gallery. That's, wow. That's it. That's, that's really, I got to take my hat off to you because that's awesome. I couldn't yeah. imagine. I've never, I've never shot a family session on film. Really? Um, no, I never have. I just, I'm just not good enough yet. I literally just do stuff with my kids. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that it's incredible because obviously shoot digital and I will shoot like I don't know, 500 frames for a session and mm-hmm. end up giving about 100, 150. Right. I couldn't imagine doing 150 and that's it and that these are the ones. And I was so mm-hmm. mindful during yeah. without that extra, you know, oh, I could just, I'll just call these, you know, like, right. no deal. like this one's shit, but that doesn't matter because I got five others that are just the same, yeah. you know? Exactly. Um, that's really cool. And I think that it scares me. I don't know that it, like, I'm sure that's scary for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but in the moment, I think that's the key phrase there, being able to be in the moment and again, energetically charged by this person to the mm-hmm. point where you're like, yeah, that was the shot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then it's just like, obviously film just looks so dreamy. And I mm. think it just like, you know, it's, knowing that that um, more raw medium is going to kind of elevate mm-hmm. things a little bit more. Um, yeah. Not to say that, you know, digital can't be elevated and can't be absolutely stunning, like in completely comparable to film. But um, yeah, just, I don't, I can't even describe it. If you've shot film, you know, like the first time I got scans back, I literally wept because I like, I had no idea that my work could look like this. It finally looks the way that I want it to. And yeah, a lot more, um, just shifted the process like in a really good way. Yeah. It's a beautiful experience. It's like Christmas. It is. Oh my gosh. It (laughs) is. I like, I've been shooting film for like, you know, a year and a half and I still get like sick to my stomach when I get the email that's like, Oh, your scans are ready. I'm like, okay, we're going to suck. Right. right. The worst. My career is going to be over. <laughs> That's it. This person paid me a lot of money. Like, okay. Right. You know, and they, right. they don't, um, they typically don't. I, the only time that I've ever been disappointed was when I had a sticky shutter and that just kind of comes with the territory of not knowing what they're going to look back or look like when they come back. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's an experience. You definitely connect. You feel a lot more vulnerable when you can't see it immediately. You gotta trust yourself. Oh, I think it's incredible. I think it's incredible. Yeah. Well, you are literally, and I've said before, a breath of fresh air, not just in our industry as a whole, because you really are like a really bright light. Um, you. I hope you know that. But how you're transitioning intimate, you know, boudoir photography and teaching others to do the same. So I think we're gonna see a huge wave of newness, especially after your mm-hmm. course comes out. So thank you so much for putting, you know, the heart and soul that you have into that. And you guys, I'm going to include in the show notes to follow along on her journey. She's amazing. Daytona, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you're here and we hope you walk away feeling inspired as hell. If you're not already a student in Unraveled Academy, go to www.theunraveledacademy.com. You can also access the link below. Come join us. We have a seat waiting with your name on it.